I wish I could fly. This has been the dream of young children for thousands of years, but our collective realization of this dream is fast turning into a nightmare, with aviation now considered a major contributor to climate change. In this episode, we embark on a relatively low-impact journey around Europe to see whether anything can be done to make air travel cleaner, short of clipping our wings. Aviation is one of the fastest growing sources of greenhouse gas emissions. Emissions from international aviation had increased by 146% on 1990 levels by 2019. But why do planes pollute so much, particularly when compared to other means of public transport? Primarily because they rely on fossil fuels, including kerosene, says Dr. Antonella Litta, coordinator for the Italian branch of the International Society of Doctors for the Environment. But that's not all, as she tells Giulia, our colleague from Radio 24. E questo in relazione al fatto che le combustioni di fossili, il carbone, il petrolio e in questo caso il kerosene, fossil fuel combustion, like that of coal, oil or kerosene, releases dust, heavy metals, nitric oxide and sulfur oxides into the air which all have an impact on human health and also a climate-changing effect. Something that is often overlooked is that aeroplanes are the only human activity that releases polluters at the level of the stratosphere. Critical chemical reactions linked to the greenhouse effect happen at that level. So every time we talk about climate change, without taking into account plane travel, we know that our struggle against climate change is massively flawed from the outset. Back in October 2016, the International Civil Aviation Organization, the ICAO, agreed on a resolution for a global measure to address CO2 emissions from international aviation. The Carbon Offsetting and Reduction Scheme for International Aviation, or CORSIA, aims to stabilize CO2 emissions at 2020 levels by requiring airlines to offset any emissions growth after 2020. But this is a sticking plaster. Stabilizing emission does not go nearly far enough. In the EU, perhaps more than anywhere else in the world, staying connected and mobile is vital, but it is imperative to find alternative low or no emission ways of getting around. While the rail network provides a decent alternative for many shorter trips, it is not always an option. And even though advances in technology have made remote meetings increasingly viable, physical meetings are still sometimes necessary. So what can be done? This was one of the themes of the Connecting Europe Days 2022, a mobility event that took place in France in the last week of June. The event focused on the EU's smart mobility strategy and transport of the future, examining and promoting cutting-edge innovations and looking at the green transformation of aviation. This transformation must take place at all levels, at the aircraft level, the airline level, the national level, and last but not least, the user level. Firstly, Manufacturers can strive to improve and decarbonize their aircraft. If aircraft are made lighter, for example using composite materials, they will consume less fuel. 
in addition so-called neo-reactors, require less fuel, allowing for a reduction of some 2 to 4 liters per person over 100 km. Eustas Nugaras, Dean of the Antanas Gustaitis Aviation Institute of Vilnius Tech University, spoke to Auguste, our Lithuanian colleague from Junior Diaz. He points out that some progress can be seen. The simplest way for it to pay off and for us to get the most out of it is to improve the engines. And it's estimated that companies are improving aircraft fuel consumption by 2 to 3% per year, thereby reducing emissions. This may seem like a small number, but if we look at it over 10 or 20 years, the decline has been really significant. Still, this transformation will take another couple of decades to complete. We can also seek to use greener fuels. Cooking oil, for instance, as discussed in a previous podcast. In Portugal, Cristina from Radio Nascença met with Luis Braga Campos, a professor specializing in aerospace engineering at Lisbon's Instituto Superior Técnico. The expert raises the possibility of using our waste to generate energy to fuel our flights. There is a lot of waste. There's urban waste, there's forest waste. This waste can be recycled to produce fuel because it contains organic matter. It's a solution that seems only to have advantages. On the one hand, you get rid of waste, which is also a form of pollution, and on the other, you produce a useful fuel. What are the downsides? Well, the collection of all this waste and the energy spent to process it, and then the question of whether we will have enough fuel. Maybe not. But it's one of those win-win solutions. There are only benefits because you get rid of something unwanted, waste, and at the same time you turn it into something useful, fuel. So it's a question of organization and investment, and we shouldn't discount solutions that can only be beneficial. The use of sustainable fuels in the aviation sector, so-called refuel EU aviation, is now being discussed in the corridors of Brussels. Suppliers will also have to incorporate a minimum level of sustainable aviation fuels from 2025 and a minimum level of synthetic fuels from 2030. On Friday, 24 June, as part of the same initiative, the European Commission launched the Alliance for Zero Emission Aviation to help prepare the industry for the introduction of electric and hydrogen-powered aircrafts. The Alliance will include representatives from aircraft manufacturers, airlines, airports, fuel suppliers, standards and certification agencies and regulators. Our Estonian colleague Mart has spoken to Johnny Pring from Cancer Europe, a global voice of the air traffic management industry. He explains that the industry has been making progress on its own initiative but that all actors will need to mobilize if the goal of zero carbon emissions by 2050 is to be met. Beyond 2030, we will see a greater use of sustainable aviation fuels. Ten flights leaving Lyon Airport today are being refueled with sustainable aviation fuels, or SAFs as we call them. And they will have, I think, it's 30% on average today uh, in those ten flights. Uh, there are challenges in terms of what is needed to have a greater uptake of SAFs and the legislation needs to be in place to have the infrastructure, the incentives, the economics right, etc. And then there are improvements in aircraft technologies. They are, are already they're being researched, um, but again support is needed to, to get those technology ready 
in the time frame 2027 to 2030, so they can actually come on stream from 2035. So once again, we are looking at some time between 2035 and 2040 before most of these major improvements materialize. Is there any way of encouraging airlines to move more quickly? In the opinion of Adrian Furgarski, president of TOR, a consultancy group interviewed by Polskie Radio in Poland, the solution is not to tax airlines or their customers, but to make the greening of aviation more attractive from a cost standpoint. One way of doing this is to make flight routes more direct, thereby requiring less fuel. Another is to promote the uptake of lighter, more energy-efficient planes. Polska nie jest gotowa, bo świat nie jest gotowy. To jest takie podstawowe pytanie, czy wprowadzanie jakichś wyższych... This is a basic question. Is the introduction of higher taxes or fees the best way to improve the climate? Like the International Air Transport Association, I have my doubts. The airlines themselves want to reduce their negative impact on the climate, because this also means savings for them. For example, wanting to reduce costs, airlines are buying new aircraft that are not only cheaper to operate, as they save up to 15% on fuel, but, as a direct result of these fuel savings, also protect the environment. We have a reform of the EU's skies that intends to improve the management of our common airspace and, simply put, straighten out flight routes. This has still not come to fruition, and such a simple EU move would result in up to 10% fewer CO2 emissions. Frédéric de Bruges is a geography professor at the University Libre de Bruxelles and an expert on transport and the environment. He tells Miriam, our colleague from RTBF, that no technical solution for planes so far identified will allow us to meet the Paris goals if the skies keep getting more crowded. He also notes that the use of hydrogen or synthetic fuels does not solve many of aircraft's non-CO2 impacts, which actually represent two-thirds of a plane impact on climate change. When we talk about the impact of aviation on climate change, we cannot limit ourselves to carbon dioxide, the famous CO2 that I think everyone knows of today, because the climate impact of air transport has a particularity compared to other modes of transport. The non-CO2 effects outweigh the CO2 effects. Roughly speaking, a third of the effects are CO2-related. The other two-thirds are linked to water vapour, nitrogen dioxide and soot, for example. Under certain humidity and temperature conditions, soot particles become encapsulated in ice crystals. This causes the formation of contrails or chemtrails, the white lines we see in the sky at high altitudes. These trails contribute to climate change. Research suggests that contrails are more likely to form in certain areas, so simply diverting planes around these areas without making routes longer could have a significant impact. Yet such a change is unlikely to occur without legislation. In addition, using a fuel, such as a sustainable aviation fuel, that has lower soot emissions can significantly reduce the global warming impact of any contrails that do form. Electricity could be another way of decarbonizing flights, but the environmental benefits of such a move are currently debatable. 
as Dr. Jonas Sonnenschein from the Slovenian Foundation for Sustainable Development Umanotera tells Natasha from RTV Slow. This kind of necessary technology will unfortunately not be available for many years. The size of the batteries and their range are major obstacles that need to be looked at if electric flight is to become a reality one day. It's true that some companies, such as Pipistrel in Slovenia, have already started to develop electric aircraft, but it will be decades before electric flight is ready for mass passenger transport. And that's too late for the rapidly developing climate crisis. Besides, flying on electricity is only as green as the electricity used to charge the batteries. And the same applies to fuels synthesized with electricity, so-called e-fuels. At least in the short term, there is no way to reduce the carbon footprint with this technology. Electric technology may be available for short distances in 20 years' time. Safety is another key concern, as Eustace Nugaras from Vilnius Tech University, who we heard from earlier. Nugara cites this as the reason electric-powered flights are unlikely to get off the ground at least any time soon. It's a very ambitious goal and it will certainly be very difficult to achieve for several reasons. A car can be powered by electricity. If something goes wrong, it will just stop at the side of the road. But if a plane powered by electricity stops, there will be an accident. Security is a top priority in aviation. And until safety experts say, all is well, we're confident that safety is assured, the tools that are now used in cars are unlikely to be used in aviation, simply because of the safety issue. I think it's going to be a tough one, as aviation experts are really very principled, very strict. In the short term, until major changes can be achieved in the sector, it looks like there is no real option but to change our travel habits. Indeed, in one of our latest episodes of 2021, we talked about green tourism, and how more and more people are trying to avoid traveling by air for leisure. But Alexander Bogoyavlensky, a Bulgarian pilot and aviation journalist, is skeptical. He tells our colleague Radoslav from BNR that the collective desire to spread our wings and take to the skies cannot be tamed. The search for and introduction of sustainable fuels that pollute less will have no direct impact on reducing flight volumes. We will not see fewer flights. On the contrary, people will continue to want to fly more and more, to travel and discover new places in the world. The development of more sustainable aviation and a smaller carbon footprint will only stimulate this. There may be many initiatives at European level to promote a greener way of traveling, but Dr. Antonella Lita says that we need a whole new cultural approach to travel, as the poorest people on earth are paying the environmental consequences of rich nations' jet-setting ways. She warns that the only quick fix is to stop flying now. Va bene tutta la ricerca di tipo tecnologico su nuovi carburanti, sugli aerei solari. All the research on new technologies, new fuels and solar or hydrogen-fueled aeroplanes is good. But all these solutions will only become feasible far into the future. 
Right now, we are in the middle of a great emergency, a climate emergency, which is also associated with the threat of a nuclear war. This war is also being fought for resources, and all of this because humanity did not choose to invest in renewable energy, especially solar power, when it had the chance to do so. This would have been a democratic system, because you don't pay for the sun, and everyone can get as much of it as they need. None of these solutions are close to being available. What any country can do, and those like France and Germany are already doing, is to reduce and rationalize air travel. This means only allowing flights to certain kinds of destinations, and only if there are no other options available. This is a policy that could be implemented almost immediately. So until the aviation industry can complete its transformation, well, it is our responsibility as citizens of planet Earth to think twice about our right to fly. Thanks for listening and we meet again soon for a new episode of our Green Deal podcast. Stay tuned.